When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We acknowledge the traditional owners of country throughout Australia and recognise their continuing connection to land, waters and culture. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to This Song Is Yours, a music podcast where we chat to a new guest each week, talk about their life and creative endeavours, and talk to them about some of the music they love. Our show works by chatting to our guests about music, their songwriting techniques, and occasionally getting them to make you a playlist of the songs they love. Welcome to episode 145. I'm your host, Simon Fink. Our guest today is Coin. The American indie pop trio have just released their fourth studio record, entitled Uncanny Valley. In today's episode, we're speaking with frontman Chase Lawrence about how the band seamlessly blends genres together, what it's like performing with an AI robot, and I ask if we'll see them in Australia anytime soon. Here we go. Our guest today is an indie pop trio who are based in Nashville, Tennessee. Having met in college while studying music-related majors, the trio have gone on to release four studio records over the last seven years, including their brand new record, Uncanny Valley. Please welcome to This Song Is Yours, Chase Lawrence from Coin. Hello, how are we? I'm doing amazing. Yeah, thanks for having me. My absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for um, for uh, being on the show. Congratulations. The, uh, the new album, Uncanny Valley, is out now. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's a, um, I imagine it's a very kind of exciting time for you guys at the moment. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's bizarre. Honestly, I, I don't know how to act actually. Now that, now that this is off, I, I, um, I'm just, I'm excited to watch it grow. Yeah, of course. This is the, it's the fourth record in the band's catalog. And while I feel it still kind of retains a lot of the, um, I guess signifies that you would you would have on a coin record. I feel like this one kind of grows sonically and kind of is that next evolution kind of adds some more little, um, I guess textures to, to the the sonic palette of of the coin discography. When you guys set out uh, to make a record, do you kind of discuss this at the start, or is it something that you've just discovered as you go along? So I guess you got to go back to like where we we started this album which was um, during, you know, quarantine and iso- like intense isolation. And, um, and we, we had written a lot that year as a means of like trying to pretend we could control anything, probably just like a coping mechanism, <laughs> honestly. And so the well was pretty dry, but like, we're like, what else can we do? I guess we'll just continue to, to write. And um, I had a co-write scheduled with Julian Benetta, who ended up making a whole album with us. We just met kind of like a speed dating situation. And he told me this quote that day because I, was, I wasn't lost, but I was just kind of trying to understand what was next for me. And um, just a lot, of, a lot of questions being asked. And, and he tells me something really valuable. And he says, it's like, I think a successful artistic expression is when 
sorry, is when uh, who you actually are meets who your audience thinks you are. And, um, and that's, it struck a chord with me and it made me, uh, want to, (laughs) it made me realize that I can't deny myself of where I've been, but I can't deny myself of where I need to go. And, um, so I started being really honest about who I was and, and and who people thought I was, but, and and who I need, who I wanted to be. And so we set out to, to do something more adventurous, but somehow more universal, more honest, but uh, more ubiquitous. And um, <laughs> so it's it's a tightrope for sure. But um, it uh, I I think we I think we walked it. I don't know. We'll we'll see though. I I think I'm just excited <laughs> to see this thing see this thing grow. Of course, I think you guys have. Uh, I think you have walked it very very well. Some of the tracks that have been released to the public so far. Um, well, the record is out now, sorry, but some of the singles leading up to the release, uh, like Chapstick and Brad Pitt, I feel had this um, quality, there's something in, in the tracks that are very like 1970s kind of uh, pop rock or, um, yeah. yeah, but then had this modern kind of touch or feel to it. You've, you've dragged it right into 2022. Um, what were the kind of influences that you guys had when you were, or what were you listening to when you kind of first yeah, began writing this record and uh, started well, that process? Nothing, nothing was off limits. Um, we were kind of, we took basically maximal input and um, everything from, uh, I mean, everything was on the table at this point because we had just opened ourselves up to an, a very experimental exploratory project right before this album called Rainbow Mixtape where we just kind of like, indulged ourselves in our influences from like George Harrison to Joy Division and and just went everywhere and um we kind of like played musical dress up basically and uh it was a great experience but we tried to figure out like how do we bring this into our actual life and, and like take all the influences that we love and all the music that's, infl- that's inspired us but like do less and keep it to like four or five tracks and and kind of like have nothing to hide behind so <laughs> the day, the first day I met Julian, we we made uh, we actually wrote Chapstick, and we we like basically pretended that our brains were like like an AI computer. So it's like if you feed AI like hours of scripts of like Law and Order scripts or something, and ask it to make an original an original Law and Order scripts, <laughs> it makes its own original. So we said the same thing. We're like, okay, let's feed our brains like Rolling Stone, start me up. And Gorillas Feel Good Inc. We just literally just named two two random songs, <laughs> and and then a couple hours later, like Chapstick came out, and we found that like working within these parameters of because it's almost like you're in this universe of all these things and all these collections of memories and things that have inspired you over the years. It's almost paralyzing, and so by creating these parameters and operating within the, these things, you create your own world and you can really run freely in there. And we call them uncanny values. And, uh, and yeah, from there we did, we replicated that process like 15 times, um, for Brad Pitt, it was like no diggity versus, um, I don't remember what it was, but yeah, it it was literally, it was just, it was like a blender essentially. We just, we threw, we threw everything in there and, uh, maximal input and little effort. (laughs) It's, uh, 
if that's a little input, that's very impressive because some of these tracks are are incredible. I know that um, I believe you yourself uh, were studying songwriting when you guys first met about 10 years ago. Yeah. Do you, do you feel that, um, I think it was at Belmont, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, was that, do you find that that helped? Have you kind of still retained things that you've learned from college in songwriting uh, these days when you are kind of like putting together uh, items for going? I think that, I'm not sure you can teach someone to write a song, but I, I guess you can force someone to and um, or politely ask them to. And I think that that, that process uh, or that, that, uh, that task of, of just making someone do something like so many times, just, I mean, the trope is true. Practice really does make perfect or practice makes better, I guess. And so I'm, I'm definitely a product of just having done it enough at this point to kind of know what works, what doesn't. And, um, how would you like to look five years younger in a clinical study? People that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And it's funny because you actually, you can like learn the tools of the trade so much that they can actually like hinder you from, from progressing because you know all the reasons why it doesn't work. So I think we've got, I finally gotten to the point where I've done this long enough that I think I can like let free myself and become almost naive again. And uh, yeah, so yes, I, that, that early time, it's not like I'm thinking about the training and, and, and rhyme schemes and, and certain things that I learned, but it's more so about just the blunt amount of hours that I put into this. <laughs> That's very fair. I can respect that. Um, Chase, you are going on tour. You're taking the, the record on tour across the US, I believe, to the UK with Five Seconds of Summer as well. Um, after the last two years, in terms of obviously, it's been a bit difficult to be a musician. Are you looking forward to getting out there and playing some of these big shows? Um, yeah, I, I think after not doing for two years, not going to be honest. I'm a little, I'm a little insecure or as I'm going to be honest, I'm a little insecure, like nervous, but, uh, excited. So I don't know. I, I too, too soon to say how I'm feeling right now, but I'm, I, I think I'm feeling good though. 
That's very fair. <laughs> uh, during the last two years, I know that the three of you, I believe, were kind of um, uh, not originally from Nashville, but kind of use that as a hub, as a home. Were you, uh, st- I guess, stationed in Nashville during the last two years while everything was going on? Um, I actually, so Joseph, the guitarist, was living in Brooklyn at the time, and Ryan was living in Los Angeles. And they just, we all kind of found our way back to Nashville. And then as we all got there, like I like moved. <laughs> so uh, I, I moved, I bought a house in my hometown and uh, in West Virginia in the mountains. And it's been, it's just been really great to kind of, I was able to like work online and I built a studio and um, yeah, it's been great to like spread out. And I think I need that, like <laughs> that push and pull of like Los Angeles versus the the country as it were <laughs> that's very fair what's the because i know obviously uh, nashville has a very rich and well-known music scene what's the uh, the music scene like in west virginia oh there uh, there's no music there's nothing like i i don't know I, I wish i could think of a parallel for australia but um it's just nothing like there's nothing there but it's, <laughs> it's beautiful because there's nothing so, but, I, but i can speak to nashville because i'm there i also have a place there so we're, we're there all the time and that's where we all live so um, but yeah, absolutely nothing <laughs> happening there for sure in the best way. That's very fair. Um, speaking of Australia, as, as I just mentioned, you are kind of touring the world, um, at the moment this year, can we expect to see coin, uh, down in Australia at any point with the record? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> it's very exciting. I know that there's a, quite a lot of fans here who, um, are very excited to kind of see the, the live show that you guys have. Yeah, we are. We're excited for that. <laughs> uh, Chase, one of the other tracks I wanted to talk about was I think I met you in a dream, which stood out uh, simply because I, I feel that it was a little bit more down tempo than the other songs, and a, a little bit almost like it was a different band, but uh, but still a fantastic track. Where did this kind of um, this different approach, um, this track, come from? You know, I can't describe it, but the night before I came to the studio, I, we were, we, I had this dream and I didn't remember I had the dream until I was at the session and this moment happened and I froze and I was like, Oh my gosh, I've lived this moment before. And I was like, I've seen this before. Like I saw this last night in my dream. And then, uh, Julian just like, we're playing these chords and he's just like, I think I met you in a dream. And it's like something Glenn Campbell or something. And, and I just stopped and I was like, I, it's, I literally fell to my knees. I can't describe it. I, I, I've experienced that before. I'd seen it before. And so I was like, okay, let's, let's chase this because there's, there's some reason that I've, I've felt this before. I've been here. So um, we went for it and the song was done pretty fast, but it sonically, it's kind of the same philosophy of, um, of chapstick actually, which I know sounds crazy, but it's the idea of taking Velvet Underground, the band, these kind of these kind of influences, and then against like Common and Kanye West, kind of like modern drums. But I was we re-recorded the drums like eight times. I'm not even kidding, because I, they weren't timeless enough. Is what I kept saying, which I was clearly <laughs> overthinking. I'm sure, but I, it was very important to me. <laughs> Beyond the album, it was it was so much about like I want this song to feel and and sound like it was picked up from another era. And it was like, I, I didn't want it to, 
I needed it needed to sound aggressive enough to fit into the modern landscape, but it needed to sound passive enough that it could have been pulled like pulled from the seventies. And so again, walking the tightrope, it was difficult, and obviously it required a lot of finessing and nuancing. But we got to a place that I, it's I've actually never been more proud of a song we've put out ever. It does sound like another band, but maybe that's why I love it so much. <laughs> I, that was purely meant as a compliment as well, just to, no, just to clarify. No, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I don't mind. Um, Chase, I'd be very curious because I know that you've just referenced um, uh, in in a number of the tracks, kind of like it's this meets this, or it's this meets this. Um, your own influences, because I know that you grew up. I think that your your family is quite musical, but I don't think it was popular music that they kind of were. were focused on or kind of had in the household when you were growing up where did you get your influences from yeah i grew up in church playing a lot um like an organized organized religion so that's i even still today it's like a lot of my songwriting habits were formed from a very uh very organized way (laughs) and um so but i didn't learn about rock music until I really met Joseph, like 10 years ago, probably we sat next to each other. And I mean, I had heard, I like had around that time, I'd heard about MGMT and Tokyo police club and bands like that. And I was, I was super interested in what was happening, but Joseph showed me the cars, the cure, and uh, just opened my mind up to a whole other world, even Rolling Stones. Like they just wasn't around growing up. So, um, so much of my musical maturation has happened because of like the people because of Ryan and Joseph around me. So I think without them, I would still be probably um, making some honest music, but it, it, it might not sound as informed. <laughs> <laughs> That's very fair. I think, um, was there a story? I think I heard a story that you played MGMT to your, to your dad and he has a, he's a producer as well, but um, he didn't yeah. quite get the concept of it. No, he's like, what? It, it sounds out of tune. Like, I don't, <laughs> I, it happens all the time. Even the end of the night we played on TV, he listened, he like heard us and he was like, I think the guitar was a little out of tune. And we're like, that's, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, performance that you're referring to, you guys played on Jimmy Kimmel last week. Um, and you mentioned AI before you had a robot playing. I think it was, was it the marimba behind you? Yeah, that's it. That was very, very cool. How did that kind of come about? Um, well, it was really important to us to kind of, if we're making an album that's so informed by this idea of like what it means to be human and you know, using a title as like as on the nose as Uncanny Valley, it was just important for us to kind of use some activations in this actual space and kind of make people feel uncomfortable a little bit. <laughs> and um, so we kind of did some research and some digging and we found this... Uh, the spot named Shimon. And after a few Zoom calls of collaborating, Shimon's like fully AI, improvises, actually like a better musician than all of us, actually. And um, but it it took some time to get it there because Shimon wanted to be pretty fancy, I think, here in the song. <laughs> and Chapsy's a weird song because it changes keys three times, but Shimon got it. But we simplified the parts and um yeah, after a few zooms, we we got it right. <laughs> It's a very cool performance. We'll make sure we um, put the link for it in the uh, the podcast episode of this this episode. Um, Chase usually would ask, I guess, what they're currently listening to. If there's anything that's out at the moment that's kind of uh, taking your fancy. Yeah. Oh. Um, let me actually let me look really fast. I can tell you. 
think there's some, <laughs> let's see. Oh yeah. Well, I love that new Dijon album. Um, so right, it's right, like really, yeah, it's been really great. Uh, let's see. Oh, this is a band called dead that I love D E H D. Um, of course, Ryan loves Jimmy stack, but still like to this day, like I, what gorillas are doing even now is still like so innovative and we're still drawing so much inspiration from that. Like the, the song machine album with all the collaborations is like one of the coolest things I've heard come out in modern music in a long time. I would agree with that. I think Damon Arban does some incredible continues to kind of just throw everything in the wall and see what sticks, but it works in a way. It definitely works. Yeah. <laughs> um, Chase, thank you very much for being on the podcast and congratulations on Uncanny Valley. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. And that's our show. A massive thank you to Chase Lawrence and Coin for their time. Uncanny Valley is out now and we've left links in the show notes if you'd like to buy the record. We also want to give a huge shout out to Louvel at Virgin Music Australia for helping out with today's interview. If you like this show, please subscribe wherever you get your pods and stay up to date when new episodes are released. We release new shows each Wednesday and Friday morning, and we now have a Patreon, which you can find within the show notes of this episode. You can follow the playlist profile on Spotify, and you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. Until next week, cheers. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.